We thank you, Father God, that we are prepared, God, and we are well able to go forth, God, in your power on tonight in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. And as we open our mouths on tonight, God, you will speak for us, you will speak through us in Jesus' name. And thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me wrap up the tabernacle so we can move forward with people coming forth from the gate on up to the mercy seat. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't hear too many amens out there. That mean it is so. Okay, we're going to start. Um, we were talking about the mercy seat last week. What was the pers- purpose of the mercy seat? It was a lid. Um, and also they called it a cover that covered the mercy seat and on it the high priest sprinkled the blood coming from the sacrifice to atone for sins and this was the symbolic act of God for um, his forgiven mercy we can find in Exodus 26 34 where it's talking about the mercy seat and how it was um, the and how he put the mercy seat upon the ark of testimony and also in Leviticus 16, 14 through 16, it talks about the priest coming in and sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. Um, what was the mercy seat made of? We find that in Exodus 25, 17. God spoke to Moses above the mercy seat. That's number 7, um, 7 verse 89. So that was dealing with the mercy seat. And we said, how did it represent Jesus? The mercy seat and the blood represent the atoning sacrifice that Jesus made for forgiveness of sins once and for all. We find that in Romans 3.25, Hebrews 9, um, 11 through 12, and Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So we thank God for the teaching on the mercy seat. Amen? So I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed the teaching dealing with the tabernacle. Now, the last part we're going to deal with is the cherubims. And we know that the cherubims, they were on each end of that mercy seat. And what was the purpose of the cherubims? They represented the righteousness and holiness of God. They were there to cover that mercy seat. They represent the righteousness and the holiness of God. They were there to cover the mercy seat. Now, the first time cherubims are talked about is Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. And in this is when Adam and Eve, they had sinned and they were put out of the garden. And it says that in verse 24, after sending them out, which is Adam and Eve, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubims to the east of the garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. And the reason why he put those cherubims there, so sin was not allowed to come back into that garden. So they were there to guard that tree of life. So those cherubims are also known as protectors. They were protecting, um, you know, people from uh, protecting the holiness and righteousness of God. So let's talk about, first of all, what were the cherubims made of? We can find that in Exodus 25. And that's in verse 18 through verse 20. We know they were made of pure gold. It was no wood involved in making the cherubims and that mercy seat. 
And you can find that also in Exodus 37, verse 7 through 9. So what were the cherubims made of? You can go to Exodus 25, 18 through 20. And you can go to Exodus 37, verse 7 through verse 9. That's what they were made of. Now, let's talk about why were the, their wings covering the mercy seat. Um, their wings was covering the mercy seat. It represents protection. But when we look at those cherubims on that mercy seat and those wings coming together and covering that mercy seat, remember that's where the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. So with those angels having their wings coming together, covering the mercy seat, right up under them, this is where God will speak to Moses from above that mercy seat. So the blood was sprinkled there, and this is the reason why we know the blood represents God's mercy on Israel, God's mercy on us. So when that blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat and those angels were looking down, they were looking downward, they were um, coming together, they were joined together as one. And when they were looking down, they were looking down because of the mercy of God that God was giving to Israel because God was judging Israel because of their sins. Remember up under the lid of um, the mercy seat, you had those um, items or contents that was in there, Aaron's rod that budded. You had the two tablets, the Ten Commandments, and then you had um, the manna. So when those angels were looking down, they represented the holiness and righteousness of God, meaning that you could not come before God without that sacrifice, that blood. So they was looking down at that blood. They was looking down at it because God um, was going to put judgment on Israel because those Ten Commandments that was under that lid, remember they couldn't keep those commandments, so they were going to be judged. So those angels was bowing before God because that blood atoned for their sins, so that means the wrath of God um, would not come upon them. So those angels were covering that mercy seat. Cover, when you cover something, you what? You protect him, right? So they were representing the righteousness and holiness of God. They were looking down at the blood, and by them looking down at that blood, and by them being in that position of covering, guess what? Our sins were covered. They were atoned for, meaning God's wrath was not going to come upon the people because of that blood that was on that mercy seat. So those priests, when they would come in there, they had to sprinkle that blood seven times. Seven times mean completion, meaning that it's complete. Remember when Jesus' blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat? Remember he told them, you cannot touch me because I have not ascended up to the Father. The reason why, he had to go up there and that blood had to be placed on that mercy seat. Once that blood was placed on that mercy seat, Jesus sat down on the right hand of the Father. That means it is finished, it is a done work, once and for all. Sin has been paid for, past, present, and future sins have been paid for. So let's look at these angels being um, that those protectors. We're going to look at some scriptures like in Ruth 2, chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Ruth chapter 2, verse 12, it says, The Lord recompense thy work. And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou, thou art come to trust. So this was Boaz talking to Ruth. You know, Ruth had given up everything to go follow Naomi. 
She had given up her people. She had given up her beliefs. And by her giving up all of that, she was um, ready to serve Naomi's God. So remember when Jesus said in the word of God that, um, you know, you have to forsake all and follow me. You have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That means that you're putting trust in him. And when you put trust in him, guess what? You're protected. You are up under his wings. So this is what um, Boaz was saying to Ruth. You, you come to God now. You, you made God, um, you know, uh, the number one person in your life. You have left everything. So you getting that protection under his wings. So when you see those angels coming together, that means that is God's protection. You up under his wing. Why? They looking down at the blood. Guess what? You have come to Jesus and his blood that's on that mercy seat is crying out mercy every day. New mercies for you because you have accepted him. Isn't that awesome? So that's why we, we don't have to look at um, things the way we look at it, trying to get something because we already have it because that blood is on that mercy seat every day, crying out mercy. And it's his blood. So it's nothing that we have to do except believe in what he's done on our behalf. Let's look at another scripture in, in Psalms chapter 17, verse 7 through 9. Psalms chapter 17, verse 7 through 9. And it says, show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that save by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly, deadly enemies who can pass me about. So in this psalm, he was saying, hide me up under your wings. He was saying that he needed protection from God. So because of what Jesus have done, y'all, we are protected from evil. We are pr protected from sin because of his blood that's on that mercy seat. So those angels are bowing down. They're looking down, but they have their wings, um, which is covering the mercy seat. Now let's talk about Jesus and something that Jesus has said in the word that represent these angels. In Matthew 23, verse 37, Matthew 23, verse 37, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killed the prophets and stoned them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her children under her wings, and ye would not. So Jesus was letting them know that they rejected him. But he said, I would have gathered you up under my wings, just like a hen would gather you know, her chickens up under her wings. So he's telling us that he's the one that protects us from sin, from, from death. It comes through Jesus Christ. So dealing with the mercy seat, dealing with those um, cherubims, we look at those cherubims as um, the righteousness, the holiness of God, which we couldn't meet. It came through Jesus Christ. That's why his blood was on that mercy seat. So they're pointing downward towards that blood. And this is what saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. So this is why the priest could stand there because that blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat. And that's why he did not die because he followed the pattern of God. Y'all, it is so good. It is just so good. And I just love how... Everything represent Jesus. And if we know what Jesus have done for us, we wouldn't be trying to do stuff on our own. 
we will trust God. And what I love about those cherubims coming together, um, somebody mentioned one was called mercy and one was called truth. Because we're up under his mercy, but it takes truth, the word of God, for us to stay up under mercy. Is that not right? So this is what we have to do every day. We have to make sure that we're going by the pattern of God. And if we go by his word, we're going by his pattern. We're doing everything that God requires us to do. So on that note, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to have some more people to come up. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, don't take all night to do it. Just do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't come up here and your first words be, well, I might not can do it like Rico, but I'm going to do it the way the Lord showed me. Leave Rico out of this. I want to deal with you. Amen. So just come up, flow with it. You don't have to take all day. You don't have to be a theologian or none of that. I just want you to flow with it and just let it come out. And as you do that, guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you do it. So I'm going to have three people tonight. So I need three people. Come on up. I think Jamie asked me to do it. And Kathy asked me after Jamie. So it's going to be Jamie, Kathy. Kathy did? Okay, well, come on up, Sister Loretta. These are the three people that's going to represent tonight. Who are going to be the next three people on next Tuesday, if it's the Lord's willing? Teresa, who else? Sister Deborah, who's my third one? And Tyson Jr. Okay, so that's next Tuesday night. And if time allows, we're going to get some more in there because we want to wrap this up. We want to go into the New Testament so we can finish the order of the church. It's yours, Jamie. Hallelujah. God is so cool because he, he has a pattern, a way of doing everything. And, and if you just think about like everything we've been being taught in here about the, you know, the tabernacle and how... It was, you know, surrounded in white, and what that represents, that linen is like this purity, and the the gate where the people had to come to the gate, and they couldn't go, you know, in themselves. They had to, you know, come to the priest, and um, it just, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but they, they would come to the, you know, the priest and give the sacrifice, and here's the priest, and he's he's already prepared and everything, so... He lays the sacrifice down and does what he needs to do, you know, slays the sacrifice and puts his hand on the sacrifice and that, you know, representing humility and and how, you know, it should have been, you know, us instead of, you know, um, you know, it should have been us there. So next he's going to go to this um, labor and where he, you know, He'll, he'll wash his hands and his feet and, he, you know, the water's there and they look in, they see, you know, the reflection, how it relates with us is in the word, you know, we have to daily wash. This isn't, you know, something we do just once a month and we can just get away with. This has to be a lifestyle with us and that's how we, you know, wash within fellowship with Jesus and understand what he wants us to do and be able to follow the pattern that just like God had set up all this to be done. And my my goodness, thank God for Jesus, right? I mean, we don't have to do all this. And it just makes it so easy. It's just like you can just sit back and come to God boldly. Just like, I mean, he, he wants our hearts. And he just wants us to know, you know, we can just come to him. And let's come to him and talk to him. So, but it, let me get, so there, 
So just like the, and when you look down in the laver, you see the water and the reflection and, you know, the scripture where it talks about is, is um, the heart of man answers, you know, as water answers the face, so does the heart of man. And that's the truth because, you know, you reflect, what, what's inside of you is what's going to show. And um, so that, there he is, he's washing and he's, he's getting ready to go to the, and in this um, tabernacle you have the, the table of showbread. So, and this bread was on the table and this was changed out, you know, every, I think, seven days. And the and it just relates when the apostle was saying, you know, how when each Sunday, each Tuesday, and each, you know, she gives us this word and we can meditate on it and chew on it and feed on it. And just like tonight when she's talking about the cherubims and it's, it's like new manna. It's every Sunday is something new and, and God's got a way of doing things. So we should be, you know, doing that on day to day, you know, chewing on what we're being fed and. And it just keeps getting better. So he's, and in this tabernacle, they had like the the light there and, you know, the candles. So there's like seven candles and and the, the priest, they had to trim the wicks and, you know, make sure that everything was, you know, everything and everything was operating like it should. And, and how does that, you know, represent Jesus? You know, he's the light of the world and, and he is, you know, the light. And, um... Next, you have the the um, was it altar of incense. So I might have missed one. So, but this is this is awesome because I like how you know they the prayers of the saints they they go up to God and it's just it's like this this beautiful aroma and and it's it's an awesome thing and. And next, um, where it talks about, you know, how you have the the Ark of the Covenant and everything that was in there, like the Ten Commandments and the manna and the rod of Aaron. And you have the mercy seat on there, which we learned about last Tuesday. And um, the priest, when he had to, you know, go in and sprinkle the blood on there once a year. Um, and this, this atoned for, you know, everything, like Apostle was telling us last Tuesday, and even things that they didn't know about, it was taken care of. And um, so it just, it makes me think of how blessed we are to have Jesus because we don't have to do all that, right? And y'all ever heard about when it talks about, you know, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of, you remember in the Old Testament, Abel, where Cain killed Abel and that blood was crying out, you know, vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. But Jesus' blood that's sprinkled all over that mercy seat, what's it crying out? Mercy. Forgiveness, mercy, you know, you, you're you free. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, we don't have to do all this work and all this stuff, and we should just feel relaxed where we can come to God boldly. Just like um, Brother Manny was talking about a little while ago, you know, that scripture where you, you could come come to God boldly. And um, that's how it should be. And once we can realize that, we don't, you know, it just makes things easier because, man, thank God we didn't have to, you know, go through all of that. And we can go to him anytime, anywhere, any place. doesn't matter. God is always there, and, and we, we have direct access. So um, that's it. Amen. You can leave it on, Jamie. Praise God. Oh, yeah.
we know we learned that uh, God has a, a pattern, the way He want, 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 wants things done, and uh, and He uh, showed Moses Moses how He wanted His tabernacle built, and the first thing that the people saw was the courtyard. And that courtyard was a barrier separating uh, God from man. And that uh, courtyard was covered with white linen, white linen, which means righteousness. And it also had um, silver and bronze. And uh, silver represent redemption, and the bronze represent judgment. And the next thing that they saw was the uh, the gate. And that gate represents Jesus. And they knew when they got to that gate, they, they had to have a perfect sacrifice without a spot of blemish. And, and, the, and the gate also had colors. They had um, purple, blue, and scarlet. And the purple represents royalty. The blue represents heaven. And the scarlet represents his blood. And the next thing was the uh, brazen altar. The uh, brazen altar, uh, the purpose of the brazen altar was to bring a sac- animal sacrifice to the altar to lay, lay down for the atonement, for the shed on the blood, for the atonement of sin. And, okay, the next one was, um, what was another? the uh, labor. So the labor was a, a wash basin for the purpose, for container water for the purpose of washing your hands and your feet because your hands, it gets dirty, it gets filthy. And, and you know, the hands does the service for the Lord. And the next one was the uh, lampstand. The lampstand is, was made out of pure gold and the gold represents the deity and the holiness of God. And, the, and it had to have pure oil for the light to burn con- continually and that oil represents the Holy Spirit. And the light representing Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, let me see. Okay, the lampstand and the altar of No, the showbread. The showbread. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The showbread table. The showbread table. The purpose of the showbread table is to hold 12 cakes of bread. And it had to be in two rows of six. And, and it rep- had represented Jesus that he's the bread of life. And, and that table itself represents fellowship. And how represented the church uh, is a coming together to fellowship. And the next one is the altar of incense. The, uh, the purpose of the altar of incense is to burn incense. And incense means prayer. And, and the incense had to burn always, and we should always pray and not faint. Uh, altar of incense. Okay. And the next one is the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant, uh, what it represents. It's the purpose of the uh, art of covenants is as a place of God's worship, not a place of God's presence. And, and it had, had the uh, Ten Commandments, the tablets with the Ten Commandments on it, and the Ten Commandments had represent Jesus. Uh, he, he fulfilled the commandment that they couldn't, and, and it had the manna in there, and the manna represented he's the bread of life. And then it had um, uh, Aaron's rod, which represent that he was the chosen priesthood. And then the mercy seat. And the purpose of the mercy seat, it was a um, lid for the cover of the ark. And the high priest had to sprinkle that blood on top of top of that ark uh, uh, for the atonement uh, of sin. For the, yeah, for the atonement of sin. 
and how it represented Jesus. He was um, the, uh, the, 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 help me out with this. It's the, uh, mm, I know, I know how it represents Jesus. The mercy seat, the mercy seat and the blood represented Jesus, uh, the atoning of forgiveness. That's it. Amen. <laughs> In order to get to the um, tabernacle, they had to enter in through, a get, through the gate with a uh, sacrifice that was without spot or wrinkle, and Jesus being the gate, um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by him. And when they came in the gate, the priest took their um, their um, sacrifice, which was, without, with, which was without spot or wrinkle, and put it on the altar and laid their hand on the head of the sacrifice to represent it should have been them. And he would slit the, um, the sacrifice's throat from one ear to the next, and the blood would run down um, the altar. And the priest would take the blood and sprinkle it on the altar to atone for sin. And once that was done, the priest would um, wash in the, um, the brazen laver their hands and their feet because their hands would get dirty and their feet would get dirty. And so they had to be made clean um gee we've been made clean through the word of god and then they would go into um the holy place which was um the lampstand the lampstand had um seven branches on it which was made like um shaped like an almond uh, um, the almond tree was the first to bud jesus being the first fruits of them that slept the oil represented the holy spirit the um, light representing Jesus being the light of the world. And so it had to burn continually, and the oil had to be made a certain way, and the priest would go in morning and in the evening to make sure that it wouldn't go out, that it would burn continually. And then there was um, the table of showbread that had the um, 12 cakes of bread that represented the um, 12 tribes of Israel and how Jesus wanted to fellowship with his people and that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together and then it was the um the altar of incense when they would burn the incense when it was burnt right because if they went in there with the wrong kind of uh, incense they could literally die from burning the wrong kind of incense but they would go in there and they would burn the incense and it would go up in a cloud before God and it would come up into his nostrils, which was being a sweet-smelling Savior to the Lord. And it represented the prayers of the saints. And it also represented how God always intercedes for us. On, he intercedes on our behalf. He's ever making intercession for his um, people. And then there was a, a curtain separating the holy place from the holies of holies which um the holy of holies it was the um, ark of covenant which represented um god's presence and inside it was the um, ten commandments which was the law which represents that um jesus came to 
fulfill the law. Um, the manna from heaven, they had that in there to remind them how God provided for them and how they rejected um, God's provision, which also was, um, he was the bread of life. And then Aaron's, um, Aaron's rod that budded, um, how they rebelled against God, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And uh, when they threw the 12 rods down there, Aaron's rod budded, and it showed that Aaron was the one that God had chosen. How did it represent Jesus? Jesus was the chosen priest. He is the resurrection and the life. He didn't reject God's will for his life. He came in saying, not my will. I came to do the will of the Father. And then um, it was the mercy seat, which was made out of um, pure gold. It covered the ark. Um, the priest would only be able to come in once a year and sprinkle the blood to atone for sin. And so how does that represent Jesus? Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. We don't need a priest to come in on our behalf. We can boldly go to his throne to receive mercy in the time of need. Amen. Amen. I... Okay. That's all we're going to have for tonight. Um, I think Gloria said you went on. She went on. Okay. So next week we'll start again. And we'll try to have more people coming um, next week. Right? So we can wrap it up. Praise God. Isn't it good to hear this all over again? And by hearing it, you can picture every piece as you're going through it. And you can see how it's supposed to be. Amen. So we thank God for that. Does, do we have any announcements at this time? Any announcements? Okay, we're going to ask the deacons to come up, and then we will be dismissed after the deacons come up for the offering. <laughs>